as well. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. today that you are the good shepherd who is willing even to lay down your life for your sheep. Thank you for the days and the times that you have given to us. We thank, we thank you for today. And we thank you for that little piece of yourself that resides within each of us this morning. That, that spark that cries out for authentic fellowship with you. That something within us that keeps pulling us and pushing us towards the mark of that higher calling that is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For it is in and through Christ that, that we seek to, to rise up to be witnesses to His resurrecting power. And in the Spirit of Christ, we, we yearn to become all that You have created us to be. We yearn to, to live our lives in waves that are in keeping with Your teachings and, and Your Spirit. Your teachings that taught us to treat others like we want to be treated. We yearn to, to witness through our lives of serving the needs of others, especially those who are despised and rejected by the world. And so, oh God, we, 
We pray today for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Because we want to be doers of the Word, not just listeners. We pray that the Spirit of the living God would fall afresh upon each of us this morning so that we can grow into the church that we're supposed to be. Take our heads. Take our hearts. Take our minds and our souls, O God. And use them in accordance with your will for your world. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
Okay, there we go. Good morning. Does everybody know what day it is? Don't say Sunday. Earth Day. It is Earth Day. So what can we do about what can we do for Earth Day? There you go. Clean up. That's that's well. Clean up. Plant a tree. And the main thing we can do because in my generation and your generation, we've created so much stuff out of plastics and things like that that are going to be here forever. We can reduce, reuse, and recycle. Everybody, can, any anything you do can help. So, all right. So, uh, Dr. Tim's going to preach today, and his sermon is "Would I Die for a Sheep?" So I read the scripture, and I was like. What does that mean? I read the scripture again. And I was like, would I die for a sheep? And I was like... So the more I read it, it was about unconditional love and trusting. So um, I've got four examples of unconditional love. Let me put it closer over here. Sorry. This is Mason. Mason and his owner were out hiking. And they encountered a wolf. So instead of running away, Mason sacrificed his life to save his owner. So that is unconditional love. This next one, she's a teacher. Her name is Victoria Soto. When a, when a person came into her school to do harm to her children, she told him they were gone. They were, she hit them. She sacrificed her life to save the children. Once again, unconditional love. This man right here, in the middle of the night, his house caught on fire. His name is John Gamble. He got out, but when he got out and realized that his family didn't make it out, thank you, sir, he went back in and he saved his five kids and his wife, but he didn't make it. Once again, unconditional love. But the most glaring example throughout history is right here. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus willingly died on a cross so that we may only die in the body. We'll live forever. And all we have to do is make him our friend. Trust him. It says, John 15:13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. True definition of unconditional love. And one more thing before I say a prayer. How are my glasses? How are my? You have, you have never seen me with my glasses. How are my glasses like Jesus? One, I'd be lost without them. <laughs> Two, with them, everything is a lot clearer. And in my case, I don't rely on them near as often as I need to. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your earth. You created it for us to inhabit, make it better. We know we can't make heaven on earth, but we can make earth better by caring, by helping, and by exhibiting unconditional love. We ask this in your name. Amen.
we think for the sacrifice of your son and all that he has done for us for giving us sin center giving us the courage of it is a good life we offer our lives and our sacrifices our money thank you for what you do for us in Christ's name we pray
Do you feel loved? After all of that, uh, love medley, God's love medley, we are indeed loved by God, aren't we? I hope you feel that way. I, I hope that no one will ever say that Community Baptist Church is not a church who seeks to meet the needs of all of its congregation and, and the world. I, I noticed a couch over here. Uh, apparently, we are instituting a napping section. <laughs> Stay where you are. Have you ever had a time when your your heart was so filled with love that it was just simply it just simply overwhelmed your rational brain and, and you you did things that that maybe you wouldn't normally do in your life? It happens all of, all of the time. Some of the things that that uh, uh, Frank was talking about a, a moment ago are ways that that our our rational brain says we shouldn't do this, but our heart says we need to do this. And it happens all the time. I, I read a story uh, about Gary and, and Mary Jean Ch- uh, Chauncey. They were on an Amtrak train that crashed into a river uh, in Louisiana. And they were trapped inside of their compartment car as they desperately tried to save their 11-year-old daughter, Andrea. Andrea um, has cerebral palsy and is confined to a wheelchair. And they were finally successful in pushing Andrea through a window to a group of rescuers on the other side of the window. They saved her life, but they did so at the cost of their own. It's a heart-wrenching story. But you know something, anyone who is a a parent can probably relate to that and can probably testify that under similar circumstances, you probably would have done the same thing. For most people, there's nothing that we would not do to protect our offspring, including giving our own lives. And that's understandable. It's understandable that we would do that for somebody that we love, like our children or a spouse. But every once in a while, there's a, there comes a story about someone who gives his or her life for a complete stranger, or at least just a casual acquaintance. And that's not quite as easy to explain. Robert Bonadies is a, a skydiving instructor who gave his life for one of his students. Cynthia Highland was tumbling through the air at more than 120 miles an hour, and she, she couldn't get herself into the proper position to open her parachute, and, and she couldn't even find her ripcord. But fortunately, Bonadies was, was right next to her, and, and she didn't know how close she was getting to the ground, but Bonadies knew how close they, they, they were getting, and he knew that any further delay would prove to be fatal. And so he stayed with her long enough to reach out and to pull her ripcord, but too long to pull his own. Highland told investigators that Bonadies died because he took the time to ensure her survival. We hear about things like that from time to time. And we usually call those people who give their lives for others heroes. And they certainly do deserve our applause. In John 15, Frank mentioned a minute ago, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, to lay lay down one's life for their friends. Do you hear that? To sacrifice one's own life for someone else is the ultimate display of human affection and character. And it inspires us to hear stories like that. James Edwards, in his book titled, Is Jesus Our Only or the Only Savior? He tells a true story about a tragedy that, that took place in Switzerland. Four mountain climbers, uh, two Italians and two Germans, were climbing one of the most challenging mountains in the Swiss Alps. It's known as the Eiger. The north face of the Eiger is 6,000 feet, nearly straight up. It's considered to be one of the most dangerous climbs in the Alps. The two German climbers struck out on their own, and they were never heard from again. The two Italians started their climb up the, the sheer face of the, of the rock, and, and they got only so far, and they were exhausted. 
And they lay dying, marooned on two narrow ledges a thousand feet below, just below the, the summit. And the normally dependable Swiss Alpine Club, who launches uh, rescue attempts, in this case would not even attempt to rescue in that area because it was just too dangerous. But there was a small group of climbers who decided to launch an independent rescue effort to save the lives of those two Italians. And they made their way up to the top of the mountain by an easier route. And then they cautiously lowered a courageous climber named Alfred Hellepart from the summit of the Eiger on a slender steel cable, just a fraction of an inch thick, down the north face of the Eiger. Here's how Hellepart describes the rescue in his own words. He said, as, as I was lowered down the, the summit, my comrades on top grew further and further away until they disappeared altogether. At that point, I felt an indescribable aloneness. And then for the first time, I peered down the abyss of the north face of the Eiger. And the terror of that sight robbed me of breath. And a cry escaped involuntarily from me. The brooding blackness of the face falling away in almost endless expanse beneath me made me look with awful longing to that thin cable disappearing above me in the mist. I was a tiny human being dangling in space between heaven and hell. The sole relief from terror was the human voice on my walkie-talkie and my mission to save the climber below. Hellepart was able to rescue the lone Italian survivor by strapping him onto his back in one of the most dramatic rescues in Alpine history. But you know something, I just wonder. I just wonder if Jesus experienced those same kinds of emotions that Hellepart experienced when he hung on that cross. Did he experience that indescribable aloneness? Did he experience the terror of looking death in the face? If he did, then it is no wonder that he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And to think that all of that was done for us. Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. Well, guess what? Jesus lay down his life for us. What a mission of love that is. But folks, listen to this. Please note that laying down your life for a friend or even for a stranger is different from laying down your life for a sheep. And yet, listen to these words from our Scripture for today. I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Do not be deluded, my friends. What happened on that cross is not a transaction between equals. This was the good shepherd laying down his life for a bunch of dumb, smelly, dirty sheep. And I hope you don't mind being compared to a bunch of dumb, dirty, smelly sheep. I guess it's better than a bunch of old goats. I don't know. But that's who Jesus died for. You and me. The sheep. We're the sheep. And when you think about it, it may be the sheep who ought to be insulted rather than us. I mean, after all, sheep never killed his neighbor. Or passed on the latest bit of juicy gossip. The sheep never deliberately abused its body with drugs or stole from from its employer. And and so if you think about it, sheep are pretty upstanding creatures, aren't they? 
And yet still, I, I truly doubt that any of us here would lay down our life for a bunch of stupid, smelly, dirty sheep. Would we? I doubt it. As someone has said, God created sheep in order to make the chicken look smart. <laughs> Ian Simmons in his book uh, titled Exploding Pigs, I don't know where he got this title of that book. I'm, that intrigues me. But he, tell, he tells about a, a group of Mongolian shepherds who were put in a very difficult situation when their herd, their herd of sheep, uh, took it upon them. Actually, sheep and goats. They, they took it upon themselves to commit mass suicide. It seems that that two goats with a death a death wish took the lead by jumping into a lake, which is about five feet deep, and that prompted all of the other sheep and goats to follow. They all started jumping in this lake, and it took 20 shepherds three hours to rescue 281 sheep, while another 249 drowned. Some of the rescued animals literally had to be restrained to keep them from jumping back in the water. Do you, do you remember when your mother said to you, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Well, they did. Just because some idiotic goats jumped into the into the the lake, and these dumb sheep just followed right along. Steep, sheep are stupid. They're dumb. And who wants to give his or her life to rescue a dumb sheep? But of course, we have to admit that people are sometimes just as dumb as sheep are, aren't they? Andy Cook tells about a young man named Danny Simpson who lives in Ottawa, Canada. And Danny was desperately short on cash. He needed money in the worst way. He saw no way out except to take a pistol that that had been handed down in his family and rob a bank. Well, his ill-fated heist netted him $6,000, but he was almost immediately arrested. And at his trial, there were two significant events that took place. First of all, Danny was sentenced to six years in prison. And secondly, as the courtroom began to to look closely at the evidence, spectators took a, a closer look at the gun that he had used in the robbery and it was a, a 45 caliber Colt semi-automatic made by the Ross Rifle Company in 1918. It was an antique, valued at about $100,000. Danny robbed a bank for $6,000 and got six years in prison while all along he was holding a gun that was worth over $100,000. We human beings sometimes do some, some things that are just not quite so bright. And of course, we can sympathize with human beings who do dumb things when they're desperate. But what about people who do things that are downright evil? There's that too, isn't there? Newsweek magazine recently quoted a 15-year-old African from, from Botswana who said, The situation in our town is so disgusting that you sometimes ask yourself a question which has no answer. Why did God create human beings in the first place? And you know, it's a pretty good question. We human beings obviously have, have a problem deep down in our souls. And it's a problem that's far worse than any problem posed by a sheep. And sometimes it seems like everything that we touch, we mess up. It's Earth Day. Man, we've messed that one up, haven't we? I was reading recently about the island of, of Guam. It seems that Guam has a, a big problem. You see, it is infested with snakes. Yeah, you like that one? I'm going to become a snake handling church. (laughs) Hey, come back. (laughs) Guam is infested with snakes. Get this. 
on the island of Guam, it has between six and 12,000 snakes per square mile. And these slithering reptiles, reptiles, often eight feet long or longer, they've wiped out 70% of Guam's native bird species. But here's the thing. The snake problem that they have in Guam, it's man-made. The problem's man-made. You see, Guam, they didn't used to have any snakes at all on the island. But during World War II, the brown tree snake was evidently imported in from Australia and New Guinea and the Solomon Islands as stowaways in the military shipments. And now Guam has no way to get rid of all of these snakes. There are no natural predators uh, uh, for the snakes to handle their population. And so they're just uh, wiping out the, the bird population in Guam. Well, the Bible teaches us that we human beings have always had a snake problem, beginning with the Garden of Eden. It seems that everything we touch, we infect. And we discover we, 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 the, the things that we mess up, the things that we try to do for good, it turns into bad. We discover a way to, to, to harness the, the wonderful energy of, a, of the atom. And what do we do? We start making bombs. We invent the internal combustion engine and we pollute the air and we discover a way to extract cures for, for various ailments from, from nature and we end up producing addictive drugs. And the Lord of the universe gave his lives for creatures who do stupid things like this. And why, why in the world would he do it? I don't know. Evidently, God sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves. And what a wonderful God that is. To care so much for a bunch of dumb, desperate, sometimes evil creatures like you and me. In the first year of his ministry, Pastor Dave Mossard recalls a, a sticky situation that he faced. Um, he was a young pastor and not, not a whole lot of experience, but he was asked to perform the funeral of one of his church members. And the man had died in prison. And even his closest relations really couldn't think of anything good to say about him. So that was the situation. He was wondering how in the world could he preach an uplifting funeral service for someone whose life had been so awful. Well, fortunately, one of Mosser's older colleagues gave him some good advice. He said, son, if you can't brag on the person, brag on God. And Mosser says, imagine now. He said, imagine that you're performing the funeral for the thief who died on the cross next to Jesus. He must have been a career criminal because the sentence of crucifixion was reserved only for the worst offenders. And it was only in his dying hours that he repented and turned to God. And, and yet in that very moment of repentance, God removed that man's sins and received him as a beloved child. What an awesome God of mercy and grace. We may not be able to brag on that man's life, but we can brag on God. What a wonderful God we worship to have such mercy. Of the like to on the likes of you, of you and me, and what I hope you see this morning is is the the divine absurdity of it all. The Lord of all of the universe laid down His life for you and me. He lay aside His royal robes to take up the cross of degradation and death. He lay aside his, his crown of glory for a painful crown of thorns. And He did it for us. Can you wrap your mind around such an astounding truth as that? Are you worthy of such an act as that? I'm not. Somehow God found a way to turn a bunch of dirty, dumb sheep into sons and daughters of God. Pretty amazing.
And that's why God, that's why Christ laid down His life. And I, and I don't pretend to understand why it had to be done that way, but the result is staggering all the same. There's a time when um, <clears throat> former President Jimmy Carter was working in the Philippines on a Habitat for Humanity house. It was a terribly hot day. The president was, and the others were working, and their bodies were just covered with sweat. And later, the homeowner was asked what it meant to uh, most, what what meant the most to, to him about this project, and he replied that as he, as he watched, he noticed that as President Carter was working with the mortar, some of his sweat fell into the into the mix. And the homeowner said, I know that my walls are blessed with the sweat of President Carter in them. Well, sweat dropped from Jesus' body in the Garden of Gethsemane when he committed himself to the assignment that God had given to him. But it was drops of blood that sealed the deal on Calvary. A recent Gallup poll reported that 98% of Americans believe in God. That's incredible. 80% believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But only 40% thought that religion is very important. I find that hard to believe. People who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, people who believe that Jesus shed His blood in our behalf... And then we say it's not really all that important. That sounds like something a bunch of dumb sheep would say, wouldn't it? Well, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now, I don't particularly like being classified as a bunch of dumb sheep, but you know what? I'm a sinner. And I know that I'm not worthy of having the the Lord of life sacrifice Himself for me. Rather, it should be the other way around. I should be the one sacrificing myself for Him. But I also know that today is not too too late to start. And so by the grace of God, I will continue to dedicate the rest of my life to the one who dedicated his life to me. And I hope you will too. I hope you will too. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn, Just As I Am, without one plea. We come to the Lord just as I am, a bunch of dirty old stinky sheep because we know that the Good Shepherd loves us and died for us. So let us come to the Lord and let us praise Him for the mercy He has shown.
by accepting it as a free and valued gift. And this is how the world will know that you are a child of Jesus Christ, by the way you love one another in truth and in action. And so go from this place. Know that God's Son loves you so much that He would even die for you. And so now go from here and love one another as Christ has loved you. Amen.